John, we talked about Dalvin Cook for a long time before we finally had a resolution. The Vikings finally released Dalvin Cook. He is a free agent. Alexander Madison is going to be the lead back. I I don't think that surprises anybody who's been paying attention. Uh, Now we have another rumor uh, arising. This rumor is much more nebulous. We, I think, I think most of us knew they were moving on from Dalvin Cook one way or another, and knew it for a long time. All of a sudden, Daniil Hunter rumors are rising in NFL media, and, uh, and let's get into it. Let's let's see whether we think it's legitimate, whether it would be wise, what parameters under which you, you would trade Daniil Hunter. Let's talk about that here. At the Viking Update Show at TalkNorth.com. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to TSR Injury Law and Star Bank, uh, and uh, as well as Aquarius uh, Home Services. Uh, John Krasinski, Jim Suhan are your hosts. Brandon Morton is your producer. If you like the show or any show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the free. It's the easiest way to listen. It is also free. You can always go to TalkNorth.com. Check out all of our other shows. Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, the John Krasinski Show, et cetera, et cetera. Outdoor content, all the stuff. You know the deal. Uh, so, John, the Daniel Hunter rumors are everywhere. It's also the perfect time of year to fill the airwaves with, with trade rumors because there's not much else going on in the NFL. I, I can't say there's no chance of them trading Daniel Hunter. I will say that I don't think they should trade Daniel Hunter, and the only way I would consider it would be if he absolutely refused to play for you otherwise. Yeah, and so right, and and so we're recording this on um on Monday morning and it was I think Tom Pelissero at nfl.com NFL network reported uh this morning as well that he's going to skip the mandatory portions of the mini camps and so that that does like that ratchets it up, right? I mean, we've all we, we you, you kind of look at what um these kinds of stalemates, these kinds of contract negotiations, a lot of times you'll see players skip the optional uh, portions of of the offseason program, but then eventually show up for mandatory portions of it and 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 just kind of work through their things. If Daniil Hunter is not showing up for mandatory portions, the mandatory mini camps, that does, I think, escalate the situation a little bit. Um to me, yeah, I think that it's a it's a much more difficult conversation to have or more complex conversation to have than Dalvin Cook. We did the Dalvin Cook thing last week and and even like I, I came up with certainly some reasons to think that they will miss Dalvin Cook quite a bit. Um, but with Hunter, you look at it and he is he had ten and a half sacks last year. Um, and so he was still very productive in, in his role. And I think very encouraging that he played 17 games last year coming off of, you know, the only, only seven games the year prior than the neck shoulder, whatever in, in injuries that he was working through. I do think that there was a real question about how healthy was he going to be? Was he going to be able to, uh, to, to, to physically hold up? Uh, with with that coming off of that injury, and he did, um, he did, and he did a really good job there. And so, from a production level, from a health standpoint, from an age standpoint, uh, he's still young enough that he can be an impact player. Here's what I wonder, though, Jim: Can he be the impact player that this defense wants him to be, or or needs him to be, as you know, in more of that three four style of an edge guy versus 
if he were to be in a more traditional 4-3 with his hand in the ground all the time and and just rushing the passer that way. That's where I wonder like how the fit really works and if that does make it a little more complicated in terms of you know what you would obviously say is oh you just got to hold on to Daniel Hunter no you know no question about it i tend to i'm going to oversimplify this one yeah. i do think you just keep uh, you hold on to daniel hunter now now here's the here's the catch anytime you talk about any trade if you get enough value in return mm-hmm. then any trade can be justified uh, what i fear here is contract impasse leads them to trade him because he doesn't want to play for them. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have a pass rush. And then any plans Brian Flores has to make this a competent defense completely fall apart. And this team, you know, even if they can win the division on the strength of their, their, their uh, offense has no chance of winning, being a good team in the playoffs. Uh, This is a team with, you know, Jefferson in his prime team that won 13 games last year. Who knows? Could be the last year they have cousins, uh, I think this is a go for it year, and I don't know how you go for it without Daniil Hunter. And I, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, this this defense, you know, playing the three four last year was terrible. I think Daniil Hunter is a talented enough offense, uh, talented enough defender, athlete that he can thrive under the right coach in either system. And I'm guessing, kind of betting on the fact that Brian Flores would know how to use Daniil Hunter. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, for as much as, um, I sort of wonder about the fit or, uh, and it looks a little bit unnatural. I mean, you do look at the production last season compared to where he has been in his entire career, the 10 and a half sacks, um, you know, his, his career high is 14 and a half, but certainly you get double digit sacks. That's just, that's a good marker. His 65 combined, um, tackles were his third highest of his career. Um, he had 22 quarterback hits tied for a career high. So, um, when you look at those things, even if while I was watching him in that three, four, I, there were plenty of times where I looked at it and say, man, he does not look as comfortable in that role as he did in the Zimmer defense. Um, it's hard to argue with that production. And you can also say that, hey, maybe a, a second year in this role will make him more comfortable. Maybe he'll be more understanding of, of what is needed of him. And maybe Brian Flores even locks unlocks even more potential from Daniil Hunter. And, and he's even more productive. And so um, from that aspect of things, you look at it and you say, there are, there are real reasons. With Dalvin Cook, I think you wondered, had he re- finally hit that wall? Like, was he on the downside? And it was harder to sort of conjure scenarios in your mind of how his production increased this year versus last year, and he wasn't just on a steady downward decline. Whereas with Daniil Hunter, there's plenty of reasons that you can give that, hey, maybe he'll be even better this year. And I do think you're right, Jim, that given the state of this defense in general, uh, to let's say let's say some team offers them a first round pick for him that's hard to turn down right it is like that would be really good value for a player who is getting up closer to 30 has had some injuries maybe isn't the perfect fit for what you want to do um uh in in that role and wants a whole lot of money um and so you get a first round pick for him maybe maybe you do think about that but 
you certainly wouldn't be replacing him with anyone that you can really help you anywhere near the production that he gave last year uh, for this next season. And so you already have a defense that has been changed and is in flux. And then you take away one of the really most productive players left in that group. And man, uh, you know, I hope they gave Flores a lot of money because he's going to have to earn it to try and get anywhere close to improvement from a, from a unit that was so bad last year and really held them back. And so uh, to me, you, you, you make a trade of Daniel Hunter if you are really kind of going into more of a stealth tank mode and, and trying to play for 2024. But I think that's a dangerous proposition to have when you, like you said, when you have Justin Jefferson in his prime, you don't want to waste any of those years. No, uh, I just think they should keep them. I, they also take like an $11.5 million salary cap hit uh, if they trade them. So you, to me, you'd have to get great value. Um, he is 28 years old. He's in his prime. He's Because he came in the league so early, he's also very experienced. To me, he's just an ideal guy to have on your roster. And I can't believe he's going to sit out a year. So – I, if I'm the Vikings, yeah, I try to get some kind of a deal done, either to make him happy for this year or to extend him. But if I have to, I just let him come back to the fold. You know, I don't see mm-hmm. him sitting out this year, even if he thinks it's unfair. You know, five and a half million dollars uh, in salary is unfair. I see him. Uh, I think he's at, at heart. I think he's a good dude. Uh, I would, if I'm the Vikings, I just I don't make a trade unless I'm getting immediate pass rush help back. Yeah, and I, and I do think like I understand Neil looking at his deal and saying, "Look, I'm underpaid. I'm undervalued." Um, and you know, part of it is, well, this is the deal that you signed, Daniel. But all of these deals are are just contracts in name only, right? I yep. mean, because we see teams do it all the time. Up, oh, yeah, yeah. We told you we we're going to sign you to this, and now you're not holding up your end of the bargain, and so we're going to cut you. And and you're not going to get all that money that was quote unquote promised to you. Um, and so it's a, it's in the players certainly best interest and right to, to to flip the script on them and say, hey, look, um, I don't trust that you guys are going to reward me over the long haul. So I am outperforming my contract. Yes, I did sign it and commit to it. But guess what? The, just like you change the change, move the goalposts on on the players that you sign. I'm going to move the goalposts on you. Now I know that I am outperforming my contract, and I want a new one. Um, so that's perfectly understandable, and and I can see why Daniel Hunter wants to do that. I also don't think that he would like you. I agree. I don't think he would sit out a year because. Um, you're then you're, you're he's turns 29 uh in late October. Uh you're going to sit out a year, you're going to you're going to lose that money and you're never going to get it back. No matter what kind of a deal you sign the next year, it's not coming back to you. And so um the Vikings have some leverage in this play by by going that way, but it's not often that you see them really want to play that much hardball with a player who has been this productive for them. Uh, for such a long time. So I I tend to think that 
maybe there is some sort of half measure compromise that they can make and they can give him a little bit extra money that that will get him back on the field for a shorter a, a short period of time and then maybe he can go look elsewhere next year or something like that if he really wants to but um it's in his best interest to play this year and get that money and and bank as much of it as he can before um before his body starts to break down and it's in the Vikings best interest to get a happy Daniel Hunter on the field because they desperately need him in a in a revamped defense that has nowhere to go but up. He has 45 and a half sacks in his last 56 NFL games. He is a star player. Uh, the good thing is he's also a, a great workout, uh, one of the great physical specimens we've ever seen, even, even in the context of the NFL where most players are physical specimens. Uh, you don't have to worry about him not being in shape. He's going to be in shape. He's going to play hard. Uh, they just need to, like you said, they just need to find a way to bridge this gap and have him on the field this season. Let's get move on to Alexander Madison and a couple of other topics. Uh, we do want to let you know, again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Uh, here's more on Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services radio guy. Remember complaining about how long the winter was? And now it's time to get ready for hot, humid summer days. Be worry-free with your AC and schedule your tune-up with Aquarius. A quality-trained technician will do a thorough evaluation, review all the details and recommendations, and answer any questions. At Aquarius, our goal is to always provide amazing service and earn the right to be recommended. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. TSR Injury Law has been sponsoring programs across TalkNorth.com for a long time. Uh, they're a primary sponsor of the John Krasinski Show, as well as a bunch of other shows. All you need to know about TSR Injury Law is if you're injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. They'll take good care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. I uh, also want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and for community financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself for deposits and lending solutions. Work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Okay, so the question of the day. Now that Dalvin Cook is officially gone, do you do you think Alexander Madison should or will be the lead back or just the first back in a rotation? Oh, let's see. Well, I I, I do think that they're going to have to. It, it makes sense to me that they would use more of a rotation. Um, if you're going, if we concede that whatever for whatever drop off in production that Dalvin Cook had and certainly the injuries that he dealt with and things of that nature um he still has a varied skill set um that was valuable to a team and i think one that will probably have to be replaced piecemeal by the Vikings running back room now um you look at it like you know, Madison, good straight ahead runner, um, probably, you know, pretty good blocker, I think. Um, and, but if you're looking for, you know, uh, home run hitting, it's, you know, maybe it's the speed that Ty Chandler has, or maybe it's Wong Wu in some form or, or, or fashion, um, something like that. I think they're going to have to mix and match the players that they have in that room to fit the 
whatever they need on a given play a little bit more. Maybe Dalvin Cook, you know, with his screen cast, uh, pass catching abilities, with his uh, uh, ability to turn a, a short run into a long run and all those things, you could use him, I think, in a lot of different scenarios where I think there's going to be a little more specialization between Madison, Chandler, Wong Wu, um, maybe McBride if he if he gets uh, gets a look here. Um, and, and I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to probably use them a little bit more that way, but also we'll have to be careful that, you know, you don't, um, you become too predictable by depending on which running back is in the backfield at a given time. I'm looking up some stats here, uh, unless I'm misreading it, the Vikings were near the bottom of the league in rushing yards, mm-hmm. uh, total. I think Madison getting more tough yards, mixing in your speed backs. I, my semi-bold prediction is that they will rush for more yards this year than they did last year. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I can see that happening um, because one of the knocks on Dalvin Cook was that he had a lot of negative yardage or zero yardage plays, right? That, you know, it was it was very much the old Adrian Peterson famine, famine feast thing where – um, you'd get hit at the line of scrimmage, you get hit in the backfield trying to make something happen, but you kept giving him the ball because guess what? One, sooner or later is going to pop one for 50. And so if there's efficiency to be had with Madison, with this backfield in, to- in terms of churning out the yards that are available every time, um, that, that could lend itself to maybe a more concerted effort on the ground just to keep the chains moving and do it that way. Um, so that, that there's a possibility, I guess if I'm going to take the bet, I might even, I, I might go the opposite just where like, I wonder like I, if they're just going to go even lean even more heavily into the passing game. Now that cook is gone and really that Madison Chandler, Wang Wu, they, they become very much more utilitarian. If we need three yards, let's give it to you. Um, let's get get us ahead of the sticks a little bit, but then go, you know, sit down and let the let the big boys play and let Cousins throw it around to to Hawkinson, to Addison, to Jefferson, to uh, to everyone that's involved in the passing game. So I could see absolutely a hundred percent that you know, that that the the rushing stats, the numbers continue to go down for the Vikings, but that their overall offensive production increases just because they play to their strengths even more than they did a year ago because they don't feel quite the same amount of pressure to get the ball to this well-paid running back who has the ability to break a big a big run here and there. I'll take that bet. Uh, we'll bet yeah. some kind of a some kind of a beverage into the future. And obviously we're not going to know the answer to this for many months, but you and I will have a, a friendly bet and we'll, we'll figure out a way to uh, pay off the bet through one of our many sponsors across talknorth.com. How about that? Yes, last, I like that. Last topic for today. And by the way, reminder, 5.30 Tuesday, O'Donovan's downtown Minneapolis on your way to the Twins game, 5.30 to 6.30. Lavelle, Neal, Roy Small, and myself doing the Chin Music Show stop by. We're giving away a bobblehead and a bunch of Grain Belt stuff. Thanks to Grain Belt for sponsoring that. Stop on by. Last topic for today, Aaron Rodgers is acting like the happiest guy in the <laughs> world. Everything is going just great at uh, Jets camp. Everybody's excited about it. 
are you buying any of this? You know, I I actually I'll say that I do buy it, Jim, um, because this is the way that it always goes in in most of these, these situations. Um, I think that you, you can look at the way that Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay, and maybe he he seemed to feel aggrieved, put upon, um, all of those things, and that might be the furthest thing from the truth, um, but. There's no hiding that he felt like he was wronged by the Packers over the last year or two. And it's the same thing. Brett Favre felt like he was wronged by the Packers. And it probably was not even remotely attached to reality. But these guys do not live in reality. They live in their own worlds. And so when you go to the next spot and you are hailed as this conquering hero, this savior who has come in and you have the general managers, you know, fawning over you. You literally have people picking you up at the airport and a helicopter, you know, following you to the, the practice facility in Favre's case. Like these guys thrive on their ego and Aaron Rodgers' ego is getting stroked right now by the New York Jets, the GM, the head coach, the receivers. Everyone around him is just giving him all of these pats on the back. Everything is easy. Everything is new and fresh. And so in that respect, I think that what Aaron Rodgers is saying right now is legit in that he loves it. And because it, that's very intoxicating to get treated that way again after you didn't, you, you don't think that you're being treated the way that you want to. How long will it last? That's the real question. Um, you know, it lasted for a, all year with Favre here in his first year here. Um, he was absolutely the king of the city when he was here. Um, it, it, that, that first go around and, you know, everyone catered to him in every possible way. And that's the way it's going to be with Rodgers if he produces like Favre did with the with the with the Vikings. So um, but if it goes poorly, if he doesn't play well, if 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 it's not happening, then the bloom is going to come off the rose quickly. But right now in this moment, I think in Rodgers head, he feels like finally someone is appreciating me, even as like nauseating as it as it feels to say that. That is what is going on with him right now. And you and I know that reporters in New York are no tougher than any place no, else. It's so garbage. It's like such that. a bunch of trash. Uh, yeah. It's just not even close to true. But I could see Aaron Rodgers coming from, hey, being the fresh new story and, and coming up through the ranks and being kind of almost pitied that he was stuck behind Favre and people knew Favre wasn't helping him and didn't like him. You know, Aaron Rodgers is very familiar with the Green Bay crowd and i mean the journalists there and they do a really good job there they cover the hell out of that team and they do it they're, they're good they're very good and then people in new york do a good job and they're really not any different than, than the people in green bay so i don't think there's from the way you and i look at it i don't think there's much of a media difference between the two places other than sheer scope but i, I could see aaron, yes. but i could see aaron Rodgers thinking i'm in new york i better behave well yeah, yeah, I think there's there's certainly that part of it, but you make a great point in I mean there there will certainly be more reporters 
there on a daily basis with the Jets than there was in Green Bay. Um, I think especially early. I mean, how do you remember how many national people came in to yep. see Brett Favre? Like, yep. like thousands. And, 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 and and news, you know, you, we saw news reporters from TV stations that we never see. Um, you know, it, it, the 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 press conferences were packed with for Favre, um, and everyone was twenty minutes, and you know, you might get five or six questions in, and that was it. But they were great; they were really, really productive and and fruitful. But they were they were always jammed. Um, so there will be more reporters in New York in the early going with Rogers. Um, but in terms of just the general scrutiny on the position on him, like there is nothing else to do in green Bay. So literally everything that he did social life, um, everything was scrutinized. He, you know, there were there were questions about uh, some of the the women that he dated, and you know, in, in down years, was it her fault that that Rogers wasn't playing as well? Like that happened in Green Bay, so there's nothing that he's going to face in New York uh, from a scrutiny, from a questioning standpoint. I don't think that is going to be much different from Green Bay. He is so so in that respect. That transition should be fairly seamless for him um he'll just have a few nicer places to eat on a regular basis <laughs> and um and, and and so from that aspect yeah it, it, it that will all be just fine and and he has a really talented team around him and everyone will be just watching to see like okay how does he perform in this in this thing but it's not going to be he's not going to be daunted by the New York media, by the spotlight, by any of that stuff. You're the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. You are under a microscope as, as you know, powerful as, as any in the league. Like that's just, that's just the way that it is. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Check out talknorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Hope to see you at O'Donovan's 530 Tuesday. Uh, as for the Viking Update show, we'll talk to you next week.